Amen. Hey, I know this is a different venue of how we, how we do church, but I'm so glad we have the ability to come together uh, and be able to share from God's word and to worship. I, I know my soul was restored this morning just listening to the worship and concentrating on the Lord this morning. And so I'm so glad that uh, you're tuning in. And my prayer for you this morning is that as we dive into God's word, God would encourage you uh, this morning. Um, listen, I know every single day changes and we get something new or, or, or new news every single day. And I know it can become overwhelming and our hearts can become anxious. But I believe that even, even through these times, we can find God's joy. And, and we're looking at a series of, of finding God's joy, finding true happiness. And can we actually find that in our lives? And, and we know that um, if, if we've looked at the word of God and we look through the word of God, we know so many instances in the word of God that uh, the disciples and the apostles their joy wasn't based on their circumstances. And that's what we're going to look at today. We've been kind of digging into the life of the Apostle Paul and looking at how Paul, even through all the difficult circumstances that he faced in his life, how he found his joy and found his comfort um, in the Lord. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What is the thing that makes you happy? Um, Because we are bombarded every single day with ads and commercials, with things that want to make you happy or feel like it's going to make your life better or give you more comforts in your life. And so we're bombarded with that every single day. And, And what many commercials do, obviously, they play on our emotions to say, if you had this, this will make your life better. And I know for me, there may be times that you're watching a commercial and um, all of a sudden there, there's this product that they place before you and just seconds before that, you didn't think you ever needed this product or this thing. And all of a sudden they, they play on your emotions that all of a sudden you need this. And all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, well, I, I, I think I need this. Now, two seconds before that, you didn't think you really needed it. And um, I never thought that I needed the George Foreman grill. I just never thought until I saw the commercial and George Foreman was such a great uh, pitch man. And then he says, look at how the fat just drips away. And looking at my wife, Kathy, Kathleen, I said, Kathleen, we, we've got to have the George Foreman grill. And she goes, five minutes ago, you weren't talking about the George Foreman grill. But I said, but it drips away the fat. It's just, it's this wonderful product and we, we have to have it. And um, so my wife vetoed me and we never got the George Foreman grill and I'm in therapy for that today. But l- listen, th- they play off our emotions because they, they want to tell you, you need this product and this is going to make your life easier. This is going to make your life happy. So can we actually find happiness? And this is what we've been digging, to, digging into over the last couple of weeks. Can we find joy beyond the scope of our circumstances? And so we've been looking at the life of Paul and and. Paul seemed to find, and we know as he expressed this in his writings, to find contentment and joy. And so what I want to do is I want to look into the life of Paul and and understand how Paul found this contentment. And I think Paul's life can put things into perspective for us, even in the uncertain times that we're living in today. And we do live in very uncertain times. We don't really know where the end is right now. And, and so it can bring a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear into our hearts. But Paul lived within the same scope. 
Paul in his life didn't know exactly where his future was going to go, but he seemed to have a hope. His heart seemed to have an anchor. And that's what I want to look in today. And so Paul's joy was definitely not based on his circumstances. And I, I want you to listen to how Paul actually describes his life. Now, as I, as I read this to you, and it's, it's, it's written down for us in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, listen, Paul is, is not bragging about how bad his life is, but he's trying to put his life into perspective. And I believe reading this will help us to put what we're going through today into perspective. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I want to read verses 24 through 31. Paul says, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night, a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers, rivers, and from robbers. I faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in cities and deserts and in the seas. And I faced dangers from men who claim to be believers but, but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and I've often gone without food. I've, I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then beside all of this, if that wasn't hard enough for Paul, he says, I have, I, I have had the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. So not only Paul physically went through so many difficult things, but then he had the burden of the churches that he helped started and thinking about the people at those churches and, and the hardships that they were enduring. He says, who is weak without my, without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, listen to what Paul says here. This is so good. He goes, if I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. God, the father and our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise knows I am not lying. So as we see here, Paul did not have an easy life. He's not bragging about his hardships or looking for sympathy. He's not saying, woe is me. It's not what he, he's trying, he's not trying to gain sympathy from his listeners. Paul said that even in all these hardships, I was still able to praise God. How was Paul able to praise God even in the midst of of all this list of hardships that he was enduring and still enduring as he was even writing many of his letters. Paul found God's grace in the midst of his weakness. And that's what I want you to see today. We can still find the grace of God, even in the midst of uncertainty. I want you to see, uh, Pastor Tim Keller says here, he says, when pain and suffering come upon us, we finally see not only are we not in control of our lives, but that we never were. And I I think that's the difficult thing when we go through times like this. We really see how much we are not in control as much as we think we are. And and we can look at it two ways. We can can say, woe is me, and why are we going through this? Or we can look to God's grace. Because we know that ultimately God is in control. And if we can look to God's grace during times of uncertainty, we can learn great things about ourselves. See, the reference point for Paul was his relationship with Christ, not his hardships. 
If your reference point becomes your hardships and what we may not see tomorrow, then we will get discouraged. Our hearts will be burdened and anxiety will grip our hearts. But Paul did not allow anxiety. Paul did not allow worry to grip his heart because his reference point was not his hardship. His reference point was his relationship with Christ. Paul found his joy in his relationship with Christ. He found his joy in his obedience to Christ and nothing could take that away. No matter what he endured, that thing, that relationship that he had with Christ, he knew could not be taken away. Listen to what he says further in his writings here in 2 Corinthians. He says this in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want you to see the word that Paul uses here. Paul uses the word content. Even in the midst of insults and weaknesses and hardships and persecutions and calamities, Paul said that he was content. How in the world could Paul be content in the midst of all these things that he was faced with? Notice the word that Paul uses here. Paul uses the word content. It's a word that means to think well of, or to think good. Now, the situation that Paul was going through is not good. It's hard. It's difficult. But he could take these situations and find contentment in them and say, you know what? God, you're still working through this. So I can think well of this, even though the situation is hard, even though the difficulties are overwhelming at times. He could still think well of them because his contentment was in the Lord. He could accept difficult situations and know that God was working in them to the point where he could take good pleasure in knowing that God's grace was there to help him. That is the key, that God's grace is always available to us even when times are uncertain. And this is our problem. Are you ready? Because I figured it out. I figured out what our problem is. Our problem with happiness or joy is not getting what we want. It stems from not knowing how to be content. That's our issue. That's our problem. Our problem is not getting what we want. Because how many you know you can even get what you want and still not be content or, st- or still not be happy? It's, it's, it's like your children on Christmas morning, you know, uh, same way when I was a child. You, you get that thing that you always wanted and you get this toy and you play with that for five minutes and then you end up playing in the box that you could have got for a lot less money than that toy. What's the issue? It's not that that thing was going to make you happy. It's the contentment. It didn't make us content. And if you, if you don't believe me, um, let me give you some proof here how we battle with contentment. And if, if our happiness is based in our circumstances, we will never be content. We will never find true joy. See, we spend a lot of money and times on things that we think will make us happy. We think the bicycle or that bike that we buy will make us, make us happy, but it's really not the bike that makes us happy. It's having the bike to share an experience with someone else. It's not the bike itself, it's the experience that we need to share it with someone else. And what researchers have found um, that, that makes people happy is when they share an experience with someone else. 
a bike or a vacation is not the thing that makes us happy. It's the who or the person that we're sharing it with. This is something that I want you to see. This is the source of, of Paul's contentment. Paul's contentment was based in his relationship with the Lord, with his relationship with Christ. That's why he could find contentment. I heard a pastor say it this way, and I thought this was brilliant. What the pastor said was this. He says, it's not the what, it's the who. See, the what is not what makes us happy, but the who. And uh, Kathleen and I, my wife and I were watching a documentary on Lindsey Vaughn and, um, She's the most decorated female skier ever, and she's actually won 82 World Cup racers, which is astounding. It's, it's an incredible accomplishment. She was at the top uh, of, 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 her, of her game, and she's just an incredible, incredible athlete. And the documentary focused on the last year of her skiing. So they just kind of followed her around and, and, uh, and, and just looked at her career and what an amazing downhill skier she was. And there was something that was said uh, about her that just caught my attention or things that were caught on the documentary that just caught my attention. With all the attention that she received of being the best in the top of her sport for so many years, she still felt lonely. And this is what she said. She said, I still felt lonely. And she would finish a race and she would uh, come down the hill and there would be screaming fans and they would want her autograph and people would be just yelling her name and, and you could just see how popular she was. Yet she still felt alone. And what she did was, is she would bring her dog with her as she traveled, and this is what she said, the reason why she traveled with her dog is that she didn't want to come back to an empty room. She didn't want to come back to an empty room. For her, the skiing was the what, but it was the who that she could share it with that made the difference. And she wanted her family around her. Now, I've never been with somebody at the end of their lives that asked me to see a picture of their car one more time or, or to hold their bowling trophies. Pastor, can you just bring me my bowling trophies so I can hug them one more time? Or can I just look at my bank statement one more time? I just want, I just want to look at that one more time. I've, I've never heard that. Why? Because it's all about relationships. They all wanted their family around And it's funny how things lose their appeal the older we become. We can feel inadequate when we look at social media sites and others' lives and and how great everything may seem in their life. And and, and, and when we begin to compare our lives with others, we we feel like we have less. And the problem with those things is that they're short-lived. And we all need to look for the next what that will make us happy. Because if we're looking to the what to make us happy, it's an empty pit that can never be filled. I, I want you to think for a moment when how fast technology changes. And uh, I remember I was looking at an old picture and I had a flip phone and I was talking on my flip phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that flip phone. And I, I was talking to Kathleen, my wife, about it. And I said, Kathleen, I remember when I, I got my first flip phone, like a real good cell phone where you could actually text down. I, I, I thought that thing was the greatest thing in the world. I was so happy with that um, flip phone. And I know some of you out there, you still have 
a flip phone, okay? You, you just, you can't get away from it. You still have that, that flip phone. And I, 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 as I began to think about that, think about it for just a moment. When you think about your phone, you were just as happy with that old flip phone than you are with your new smartphone. You were just as happy then. If you think back of, of uh, did I have more happiness with my new smartphone or did I have more happiness when I got that flip phone 15 years ago? You were just as happy then as you are with that new smartphone with all the new stuff that comes on it. You love that flip phone as much as you loved your new s- smartphone. Uh, and and, and it, we just realized that that thing, that what, can't ultimately make us happy. Think about it. You were, were you any less happy with your new flip phone as you were with your new smartphone? You weren't. Think about your car, the first car. You, you may not have had as many bells and whistles uh, as your present car. That first car may not have had the hydraulic mud flaps, um, all the bells and whistles. And, but listen, when you thought about that first car, you were just as happy when you got that first car as you are with your present car. That old car you had, you were just as happy with that eight-track tape player. For some of you that don't know what an eight-track tape player is, Google it, because they were cool. I loved having an eight-track tape player, and you were just as happy driving down the road listening to Jackson Brown and REO Speedwagon as you are today listening to your phone, listening through your phone, through your device, on your car. Just as happy then as you are today. So where's the battle? The battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. And Paul knew that if he allowed his circumstances to overwhelm him, then he knew that he would lose his joy in his relationship with the Lord. Research has shown us that we can have between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. And what researchers have discovered is that 80% of what we think about is negative. Much of our thoughts are repetitive. And so if, we, if much of our thoughts are negative and they're repetitive, then we keep rewinding all those negative thoughts. Now listen to the, the way the the day and age that we're living in today with all the negative things that are being thrown at us each and every day, it's easy to rewind that over and over and over and over and over again in our heart where it robs our joy and our security and our comfort that we can have in the Lord. I want you to listen closely. Those negative thoughts actually come from discontentment, from not being content in the Lord. And so here is Paul's answer. Here's Paul's answer for um, his life and, and all the difficult things that he had to live with, with in his life. And, and I'm going to read you uh, Paul's letter to the Philippian church. And Paul, as he writes this letter to the church in Philippi, is actually in prison as he's writing this letter to them. And so Paul could be, once again be down because of his circumstances. He's not sure about his future. Um, is he actually going to die for his faith? He, he doesn't know at this point as he's writing this letter, but I want you to hear his word because Paul wasn't trusting in the what, he was putting his hope in the who. And I want you to listen to Paul's words here. For those of you that are, that are just, you're allowing the anxiety and the tension of the world that we're living in today to, to just override your joy and your hope in the Lord. I want you to listen to these words I, I want you to be careful about how much you're listening to every day. Make sure that 
your life and, and what you're listening to and what you're feeding your soul, make sure you're doing that with God's word. Make sure that you're listening to worship songs to give you encouragement in in your heart. As we listen to the news and we try to filter through everything and be wise with what we're doing, we need to do all those things, but make sure your heart is attached to the who. Listen to what Paul says here in Philippians 4, 8, 9. He says, for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and wait and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living in it. And listen to what Paul says here. Here's what happens. If we fix our mind on the right thing, if we fix our our hearts on the who, he said, this is what happens in your life. Here's the promise that comes. Here's what will be fulfilled. And he said, and the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. How in the world could Paul, in the midst of his circumstances, being in prison, write these things? Because he was fixed on the who. He fixed his heart on Christ. He fixed his mind on all the things that God does for us and how he loves us and how he is unchanging. And then Paul says, the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. So there's the peace that we can have even in the midst of uncertain times that God will still give us his peace and his rest. So let me ask you a question. What are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? Is the first thing you do when you wake up is look at your phone and look at the, the new news feed? What do you, or do you wake up and say, God, this is the day that you have made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm going to focus on you and I want to anchor my heart on you before I do anything else. If your life is focused on the what will make you happy, then you're going to, you're going to be discontented in this world. Is your life focused on the what will make you happy or is it focused on the who? Tim Keller says this, if God is not at the center of your life, something else is. Something will take that place. And when that something else takes that place, you're going to be disturbed. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. But but Paul focused on the who. So what gave Paul joy? What gave him joy to write the Philippian church and, and just express to them his joy in the Lord? How could Paul do that? Because it was his relationship with Christ that he could do that. And he wanted to express his joy and love to the Philippian church and for their um, steadfastness for their love for him, for their support of him, even though Paul was in jail. And so Paul could find this joy because he was focused on the who. And now I want to finish. Paul, later in his letter to the Philippians, listen to what he says here. and, and, And here's, once again, Paul stresses how he is content in the Lord in Philippians 4, 10 through 13. He says, how I praise the Lord, that you are concerned about me again. He's very thankful for the church and their support for him. He goes, I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. 
He says, not that I've ever been in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a, a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not the what, it's the who. Paul focused on the who. He focused on his relationship with Christ. And that's my prayer for you today. For those of you that are feeling anxious and overwhelmed at this time of the uncertainty that we're living in, listen, um, it, it's, it's okay to be concerned. We, we need to be wise, but I don't want that to overwhelm who you are in Christ and what Christ desires to give to us today. Paul, even in the uncertainty of his life, found God's grace that in my weakness, he is strong, that God is sufficient, that his sufficient grace will guide us through that. So what I want to do is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to finish in song today. I, I, th- this song I heard a couple weeks ago and it just encouraged me. And the song is called build my life. And as I pray for you this morning, I I want you to look at the words and I just want you to focus on the Lord today. We may not know what happens tomorrow, but we know that God is in control and allow God to take what we're going through during this time to build our lives, to build our hearts, to focus on him, to allow God to do a deeper work in your heart, to allow God to strip away the things that maybe need to be stripped away in our hearts and our lives, the things that we depended on that we thought would bring us happiness but, but really don't. Let's just focus on Christ and, and, and the promise that comes from God's word that we see is when we focus on him and we focus on his peace, God will give us that peace through his son, Jesus Christ. And so you may be, you may be watching today and you're not really sure where your peace is. You're, you're just, you're not, you've got a lot of anxiety in your heart and in your life. And I want you to know today that Jesus came to restore a broken relationship that we had with God the Father. And it, the things in this world are uncertain. We are not promised tomorrow. But Jesus said, listen, he, he wants to give us his peace But Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have tribulation and hardships. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. And so where I'm going to put my trust in, I'm going to put my trust and my hope in the one who overcame this world for me. And Jesus even said to his disciples just before he's ready to go to the cross, he said, listen, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, trust, believe, believe, believe in me, believe in the Father. And so we're going to put our hope and our belief in the one who overcame for us, the one who conquered the grave. And so as I pray, if you're listening today and you've never never come to that point in your life where you said, you know what, I just need to turn everything over to Christ. I'm going to pray that you would do that today and that Christ would fill you with his hope today and his peace today. And so I want to pray for you today. And as we worship and as we finish in song today, May God just fill you with his grace and his hope that can only come through his son, Jesus. Jesus came, he gave his life, he bore our sins. And we, when we lay our lives down before him, 
he gives our lives back to us again, but different and changed with a different perspective. So Father God, we just bow our hearts before you today and we just need you today. We thank you for the example that we have in the Apostle Paul who, whose life was not perfect. It was filled with all kinds of calamities and difficulties, but he found contentment in you, Jesus. He fixed his thoughts and his mind on you, Jesus, the one who overcame, the one who died for our sins, um, the one who did everything for us. And so, Lord, we lay our lives down at your feet today, and we ask that you would fill us with your hope and your peace today. We just need you. We can't, we can't do it without you. There are too many things in this world that will distract us and rob us of the joy that you desire to give us each and every day. So as we sing this song unto you, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be full of you, that we would just concentrate and fix our hearts on Christ and what he's done for us. We love you. We thank you. And we want to be careful to give you, Jesus, all the glory, honor, and praise that's due your name. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you.